The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily state or reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 7th of January, 2023. Yes, our first show in 2023. I'm your host, Bad Billy. Got a good show lined up for you, as I normally do. Um, Honestly, though, I don't know when the next time I'm going to interview another artist. Uh, With a lot of serious things happening, uh, you know, I can't help but... Stick to the uh, serious subjects and uh, the politics, but uh, nonetheless, great show, great music in that I got lined up for you. And uh, just a little bit, you're going to hear an interview that uh, I recorded with Wayne Hoffman of the Idaho Freedom Foundation. In the second hour, I've got the Ice Man. He's from the podcast, uh, the Motor Cop. Uh, Muttercup Chronicles uh, podcast. I I'm not looking at uh, looking looking at the title, so uh, hopefully I got it right. In the third hour, of course, we have the icon Stephen James with the Steve Solution. Before I get to any of that, I want to cue the first song of the show. Here is Cliff Miller with his cover of Glenn Campbell's Wichita Lineman, and I'll be back with the interview with Wayne Hoffman right after this and we go a little something like this hit it and now from a rented basement because bad billy's mom threw him out it's outlaw radio For the county And to drive the main road Searching in the sun For another overload I hear you singing in the wire I can hear you through the wine Tall lineman is still on the line. 
small vacation But it don't look like rain And if it snows that stretch down south We'll never stand the strain And I need you more than want you And I want you for all time And the Wichita lineman Is still on the line thrill seeker rocking out to the station i hear you you're probably even sipping on a drink right now an average blah blah drink in a can or bottle one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you i'll bet you want something different don't you something more take your shot with cold cock whiskey the best whiskey anywhere why because it's different from other liquors cold cock whiskey is herbal whiskey 100 all natural herbs blended with aged american whiskey no more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. If you ever get into a relationship with a midget, expect it to be short. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Are those 450s? Right over here, ma'am. Freedom of speech Which means no one, no one, no one can stop you. Stop you. Can stop you from expressing your thoughts, sharing your feelings, speaking your mind. I can say whatever I want, whatever I feel, whatever needs to be said. That's what freedom of speech means to me. To me. To me. To, to us. us. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation, the Broadcast Education Association, the Cormac Foundation, and this station. 
So you go into your sporting goods or firearms store to get that gun and ammunition you've been wanting to buy, only to find out that the store doesn't have it. Worse yet, the shelves are bare, they're empty. Ugh, well that's why there's GunBroker.com. You want it? GunBroker.com's got it. Guns, gun parts, ammo, ammo storage, reloading equipment, binoculars, scopes, sights. Did I mention guns? Pistols, rifles, handguns, shotguns, machine guns, paintball guns, archery supplies, tools, jewelry, watches, even musical instruments and gear. Yes, GunBroker.com has those too. I'm telling you, they have it all. There are even auctions where you can bid on certain items. The folks at GunBroker.com know their stuff. They've been in business for over 20 years with over 6 million happy registered users. Why not become one of them? GunBroker.com. Go there. Check it out. Register today. It's 100% free. GunBroker.com. GunBroker.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliated with My Patriot Supply. Are you prepared for the next unplanned emergency? As we speak, inflation is rising and the grocery store shelves are stocked less and less every day. The time to prepare is now. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com, visit the store section, and click on the My Patriot Supply banner and purchase yourself some buckets of delicious gourmet food with a 25 year shelf life. You can also purchase other essential supplies you can use during times of unplanned emergencies. Supplies such as the Alexa Pure water filtration system, first aid and medical supplies, solar power supplies, and much more. Again, go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Visit the store section and click on the My Patriot Supply banner. Don't be left in the dark. Get yourself and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency today. I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Cliff Miller with Wichita Lineman. Yes, uh, Glenn Campbell cover. Great job at it, too. Now it's time for Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk with Wayne Hoffman of the Idaho Freedom Foundation. Here we go. Outlaw Radio, conservative talk. I just want to tell you that America is the greatest place on earth. We will make America great again. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Outlaw Radio, conservative talk starts now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk. I am joined by Wayne Hoffman. Wayne is somebody I've been wanting to speak to for some time. And lo and behold, here he is. Wayne, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, excellent, excellent. So uh, you're, you're the head of an organization called uh, Idaho Freedom Alliance, or Freedom Foundation, excuse me. And uh, b- before we really get started into the conversation, though, why don't you uh, give a description about uh, of what Idaho Freedom Foundation is, is all about uh, when it got started? And, uh, sure. All, yes. 
Yeah, uh, Idaho Freedom Foundation is a, a, a think tank, a conservative think tank. We do public policy research. We started at the end of 2008. So uh, come the end of the year, we'll, we'll hit 15 years uh, doing this. We started out like a lot of think tanks across the country. And those of your uh, viewers who are familiar with the Heritage Foundation or the Cato Institute um, would, would probably understand what we do is we do we do research papers. We research uh, what um, government is doing and try to offer alternatives besides uh, more statism. And uh, beyond that, our biggest research effort, we have, we have two uh, that we're very proud of. One is called the uh, Idaho Freedom Index. And the Idaho Freedom Index basically takes a look at every single bill that goes to the Idaho legislature to see whether it makes us more free or less free um, with its passage. And then and looking at all those bills, there's about 300 we do every year, Three, 300, which is a lot of legislation to look at, uh, for me and my team, uh, probably more than any organization in the country looks at. Um, we can aggregate those those um, those uh, bills and see whether your legislator to an individual has grown government or shrunk government, made you more or less free. And we do that looking at policy bills, budget bills. We look at education bills specifically to see whether, you know, students are more free to pursue the education of their choice or whether the uh, various special interest groups have a leg up or are given more rights or more, more power in the education system. So uh, that informs um, voters or other people out there who are just interested in what their lawmakers are doing. And you can see, you know, if a person's scoring, you know, 95% of the Freedom Index, you kind of have an idea that they're supporting limited government and the expansion and the protection of individual rights. And if they score very low on the Freedom Index, and you might think to yourself, well, it's probably just the Democrats. Um, but actually, it's a lot of Republicans who vote I'm sure you don't think that, but there are a lot of folks out there who do. Who look at it and they go, "Oh, uh, it's Republicans. We don't have to worry about uh, whether they're growing government." Or actually, you do. Uh, the Republicans grow government just as much as the Democrats do, and in some instances, there's very little daylight between the voting records of Republican legislators and Democrat legislators. So uh, we hope that, you know, in, in providing that information to people, it, it informs them and it allows them to make informed decisions when they go to the ballot box. You know, it's interesting you say that, Wayne, because uh, when I was speaking with uh, Enoch Moore over in Salt Lake City, he's the head of, uh, of, of defending, uh, or yeah, defending Utah which is a very similar organization for the state of Utah, of course. He, he, he told me basically what they have coming in are uh, people who are Democrats, but they're putting Republican down on paper just so the public will uh, listen to them. Because as we know, you know, Utah ha has just as long a history of conservatism and Republicans being in office as Idaho does. So um, they, and also when I spoke with, uh, with Sarah Brady, it's interesting uh, how she said she would vote democratically uh, as as a strategic measure, not because she wants a Democrat in office, but because um, you know right now uh, Brad Little can he can introduce any extreme measure 
and uh, pr pretty much everybody's going to go along with it just because he's got an R behind his name. But if a if a Democrat did that, uh, he he'd meet some opposition. So it's it's really, you know, I'd have to say these Rhino Republicans, these these Democrats, which is the proper term for them, are coming up with more sneaky measures to get uh, to get things done. You know, so they'll basically uh, come in wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, you know, I prefer at least have people who are upfront about who they are and what they're about. It's interesting. The same tactics have been used in Idaho, has been used in um, in other states: Utah, Colorado, Arizona, um, Florida, Texas, uh, Georgia. All these states that have had. Um, Oklahoma, uh, all, all these states that have had at one point or other Republicans in charge and the Republicans, you know, you ask them a question, uh, are you conservative? And they say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-Second Amendment, and I, I want to lower your taxes. And, um, and, and those things are, are very important to, to the extent to which we understand them. When a lot of people say they're pro-life, there are limitations on what that means, uh, but they might you know, find themselves willing to vote for, you know, abortion bill or whatever. And then they say, look, I protected life. But then they go and they expand other government programs, uh, Medicaid, um, housing programs, uh, uh, programs for um, politically connected organizations or special interest groups or businesses. Um, they grow government and then they say, look, I, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-Second pro Amendment. Um, but they, but, but their record, if you really dig down beneath the rhetoric, you find that they're, they're actually, you're losing your freedoms. Uh, government is growing. When government grows, the importance of families, churches, charities, those things shrink and, um, it, it dehumanizes us. And so what I've always said to folks is, is when somebody says that, Look beyond those talking points in their record. Did they expand Medicaid? Did they um, create a new government program or agency? Did they take something that the private sector was doing and give it to government? Those are real questions that you have to ask beyond just what's on the handbill where they say, I'm pro-life, I'm, I'm pro-Second Amendment, and maybe I want to cut your taxes a little bit. Um, it, it's, it's difficult, but this, but this work is necessary if you want to save America. Yes. Yes. I agree with you 100%. And, uh, of course, uh, you're also, uh, basically, uh, look, looking into, uh, the, the education program. One thing that can't be denied is, uh, when it, when it comes to education, Idaho is, has not topped the list of states for a very long time. Uh, the, you know, as much as I love this state, it's my home. That's one one thing that uh, has never impressed me was the was uh, the level of education because we've we've always ranked right around the bottom out of all fifty states, which I I have always thought we needed an improvement. But how are we going to rank any higher if we're going to if we're if we have people who want to want to introduce transgenderism? critical race theory and all that crap. Well, I mean, the rankings are all stupid and wrong. I mean, this, the ranking that you see a lot about is, is relative to funding and Idaho. Um, I always like to say Idaho ranks near the top when it comes to spending the least. Um, I, I, I think we're like um, uh, number one or number two 
maybe we're number two and, and spending the least. So flip that around. And then the usual rhetoric you get from the leftists in the media, we rank 49th in, in, in school funding. I think, you know, the state that spends the least is, is the space, the state that's winning. But even still, you're the skinny kid at fat camp because the other thing that you have to consider is academic performance. It doesn't matter how much money you spend. Um, every state, the states that, that spend the most money uh, tend to have the, the worst results. Um, so money is the, the worst measure you can possibly use. And then at the same time, um, you know, the, the performance, I mean, if you look at just test scores, half the kids in America, not just Idaho, but and not just Utah and not just Texas or California or uh, New York, half the states in America, kids graduate from high school with a diploma and they can't read, write, do math, understand history. Um you know, think for themselves, make decisions on their own. Um, they they do know a lot about wokeism, um, but our schools are teaching them, you know, nothing of substance that that'll help prepare them for the world. So why do we continue to every, in every state? Um, every state in America has adopted a socialist education policy. You know, I, I'm not making that up. That, that's not something I'm just I'm just saying. That's a fact, right? And then every state, we've taken money. We point a gun at somebody and you say, "Give me all." Let me get my gun in my in my camera. Give me give me all your money, um, and you know, and 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 we're going to take that money and we're going to use it for our purposes. And in most states, uh, the one of the larger purposes is public schools, and the public schools are failing to teach kids. And and it, 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 they are they are a, it, it is a socialist education system, and you get from that what you'd expect. You know, I used to uh, work. I actually worked in like uh, four different uh, offices, uh, telephone jobs, doing uh, surveys over the phone. If if uh, telemarketers aren't uh, annoying enough, I guess uh, people who do surveys can uh, rank second there, but. Uh, uh, one of the surveys that I had to do was uh, calling Texas residents because Texas was going to propose a bill that uh, I don't know if it ever got signed into, into law. I doubt that it did. Um, but uh, basically, um, to where uh, the lowest blue-collar job would require some form of education higher than that of a high school diploma. So in, in order to be a janitor at, at a McDonald's or something like that, you had to you had to have some form of college education. I for, I don't see how that's that's going to help anything. Um, let's face it. I mean, college is not for everyone. And yeah, I mean, not not just that, but um, you know, the the reason why those laws are put into place is is not to help people. It, it's put in. I mean, that's that's usually the reason they give is we want to help people. But what the real reason for those laws is to keep the competition out of the marketplace. So if you can say something like you have to have a college degree for to to do a certain job, or you have to have a license to do a certain job. Um, you know, it's in the interest of public safety. You wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want some guy just, you know, taking out, you know, a set of gauges and some Freon and fixing their air conditioner that that's, you know, they, they might inhale the Freon and die. And so you need to, you need to get a license to work on um, air conditioning refrigeration equipment. Um, but that, that, that the public safety factor, 
is the reason given. The real reason for it is so that, you know, Billy Bob down the road doesn't compete with, you know, a guy that's got a bunch of trucks and, and equipment and, and, um, you know, instead of calling, calling, you know, the guy with the trucks and equipment, um, you know, with an investment, he goes and hires a lobbyist to go to the legislature and pass um, um, con- uh, uh, licensing for contractors who work on ref- uh, air conditioning refrigeration equipment. Um, and so there are a couple of things that fall from that. One, less competition. You can't just walk in the hardware store and buy some Freon and a pair, pair of gauges and, and work on an air conditioner. You have to you, you have to get a license. If you can't get a license, then you can't compete in the marketplace. And then because there are fewer people in the marketplace, you get to charge more money. That's that's how that is for everything. It's for that. that that's the case for doctors. That's the case oh. for lawyers. That's the case for um, uh, psychosocial uh, rehabilitation therapists. I mean, name the profession. And if there's a license connected with it, it's there just to prevent competition in the marketplace. So there there are professions I never even heard of. There were genetic counselors was the last one in Idaho. I think that was 2015. I never even heard of that before. But what what the counselor they said, oh, you know, you wouldn't want to go to a a geneticist and and them not to have the proper education and that you you find out that you have DNA that may or may not contribute to cancer and you get the wrong information about how to deal with that. So we're going to protect people. Well, what that did naturally was it met fewer people in the marketplace and it raised the cost of genetic counseling. And and so it's not designed to help people. It's just designed to. And minimum wage is the same way. Minimum wage is one of the most racist laws ever put in place. Um, you know, whites didn't want blacks competing with with them for work. And so they created this. And, and the unions wanted more control over, over collective bargaining rights. So it worked really well for them. Uh, so they put in place minimum wage. And, and here we are all these, you know, 80 years later, still battling over whether the minimum wage should be, you know, $15 an hour, $20 an hour, $30 an hour. Yes. Yes. You know, as you were uh, talking about that, too, you know, basically eliminating competition, just something else that that came to mind and that I never thought about, Wayne. Um, you know, it, was, it wasn't too long ago I did a video review of uh, Demolition Man made back in uh, 1993 with Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. And uh, I love that movie because I love action. But the more I watch that movie, it's like there's some kind of hidden message you know, is there something to to uh, think about and learn from fi- fictional stories? I mean, um, not only are is uh, society probed with a chip in their hand, uh, Book of Revelations, Mark of the Beast, you know, but you're not allowed to cuss, you're not allowed to eat meat, you're not allowed to uh, contact sports are forbidden. Then, of course, you're talking about eliminating competition. And in that movie, there uh, they said that Taco Bell was the only – uh, restaurant to survive the franchise wars so there's no more mcdonald's no more wendy's no more jack-in-the-box whatever it's all taco bell well s- something's up there there was some kind of message there well i think the the message is that um you know uh a lot of republicans have gone through life believing that their job is to be pro-business and in being pro-business lobbyists show up and they you know, say, you know, help my business with this particular law, you know, tax incentives, licensing, uh, some other things like that. But what it means is that, um, oh, look at what the, what, what, what the so-called pandemic, COVID pandemic in quotation marks did, where you had governments all over the, all over the world uh, 
um, shutting down businesses, and in some cases, just some businesses. So if you're a mom and pop hardware store, you know, you had to shut down because your store is too small. Home Depot stayed open. Walmart stayed open. Fred Meyer stayed open. Um, the big stores stayed open. The mom and pop folks closed. And so it's a, a that that is an example of um, corporate interests hiring lobbyists, getting what they wanted from government um, at the expense of smaller businesses. So it wouldn't be terribly shocking, you know, in the future to see one major franchise or one, you know, food company that owns several franchises. I mean, uh, I think Taco Bell is owned by um, uh, the same company that has Pizza Hut and um, some other, was it Kentucky Fried Chicken or something? I don't remember. But anyway, you know, you're going to see these corporations get bigger and bigger because they get help from the government. Um, Similarly, um, in Idaho and other states have passed uh, data center laws. And when they pass these data center laws, you know, where you're going to have a, a, um, a campus or some kind of building that has um, computers that store data. Um, in Idaho, the minimum investment to get the, the tax credit for the data center was $250 million. So there's basically three companies in the in the world that would be able to get a, the data center tax credit, um, Amazon, Google, and Facebook or Meta. Um yeah. If you're a small business, if you're if you're just an up and comer and small, you know, a million dollar investment, I, I want to invest a million dollars and have my own data center, and I want to uh, sell uh, the storage space to other companies so they can use it. They don't have to use um, Amazon World Service. Um, they're they're out of luck. They're at a competitive disadvantage, and so it's beyond just you know um, the, the, the legislators need to to recognize that they're helping of businesses has secondary effects and those secondary effects are pushing out the smaller players and the smaller player gets pushed out because the smaller player doesn't hire lobbyists. It doesn't, you know, spend uh, tens of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars on getting their candidates elected. They can't afford that. And so they're really at a tremendous disadvantage. So yeah, the, the, the future can look like what you described with demolition man um, showed because of the direction we're heading, or we can have a, you know, a government that truly is by and of and for the people. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I got to tell you, I was uh, right around uh, uh, when COVID was happening to a couple of years ago, actually, uh, September of 2020, I had somebody here on this show out of Boise, who's, um, I actually uh, started chatting with him because I I took to Twitter and I sent out a I sent out a message to Black Lives Matter in Boise and I I just simply put Idaho doesn't want you and of course I got the backlash that I expected I'm this big racist and all that What's really fun is uh you know I've also gone after the extreme right too and they call me the an in lover and all that so I can I kind of Sometimes I'll enjoy that kind of backlash from both sides because that that way I'm I know I'm equally hated, <laughs> um, you know. But it did lead to a little bit of dialogue to somebody who's on the extreme left living there in Boise, and basically, you know, he's all about defunding the police, which uh, we're not going to agree on. Um, 
he's he's about this one thing he said is and and I put a lot of thought to it too is he's encouraging more people from California, Oregon and uh, New York and other places to move to Idaho, get into the Boise metropolitan area and turn the state blue. And I'm thinking over my dead body, but you know, I mean, obviously I can't fight things like that on my own. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for, first of all, blue and red are media constructs. Yeah. Um, and this is very important. I need people to understand this because uh, 22 years ago, you didn't have blue states and red states. What happened was in the 2000 presidential election, see, prior to 2000 presidential election, the media used different colors to denote the uh, electoral college. You had blue and, and you had yellow and you had green and various other things. And if the Republicans were winning, that was the blue side winning. And the Democrats were winning, that was the yellow side. And sometimes vice versa, different. They all had different things. Um, and so um this this red and blue in the 2000 presidential election uh the media all started using the same color scheme red for republican and blue for democrats um you should be very curious as to why red was selected as the color for republicans i have my suspicions but you know that's that's the way it goes uh, but beyond that we're not blue states and red states we're either free or we're not and even in states that are very quote-unquote red you're not free um, I mean, Idaho is a very red state. Utah is a very red state. Um, uh, Oklahoma is a very red state. Uh, but what, what's happened is in each of these states that are so-called very Republican or very red, um, you're still living under socialism. Yes. I mean, go, go, go pick up a, uh, encourage your viewers to do this. Pick up a copy of the Communist Manifesto. And read the ten planks that Marx listed as being important for the um, uh, for the realization of communism. We've adopted all ten planks, every every last one of them. The things that he encouraged us to do, we have done in spades. And I'm not going to get into all those details here, but here's my red state of Idaho. Um, when I make money, the government comes along and takes five point eight percent of that off the top. Yep. Why? Because I mean, if a mobster came to your house and said, I'm going to take 6% of everything that you earn, you'd go, that's nuts. You wouldn't ask, what are you going to do with it? You'd say, that's my money. You can't have it. But we've accepted this notion in most states that some percentage of the money that you earn goes to the state government. And, of course, the federal government, you know, through the uh, 16th Amendment, decided that, that they get a piece of our pie, too. That's wrong. That's, that's legal theft. That's wrong. And so we've got to accept that. And what about um, uh, every state in America? If you're poor um, and you don't have access to um, health insurance or food, uh, the the, pro the solution in, in California is the same as the solution in Idaho. The, the solution in Idaho is the same as the solution in Connecticut. It's Medicaid and food stamps. That's socialism. Yes, it is. Yes. So, it is. I mean, if if your if your neighbor came to your house with a gun and said, "Give me your money." And you'd say to them, well, what are you going to do with my money? And they'd say, well, I'm going to use it to buy health insurance. They're still committing a crime, right? Yep, exactly. But if they get their, but if they get their elected officials to pass a law that says you have to give them their money so they can buy health insurance, that's still not a crime? Of course it is. Absolutely so, it is. Yeah. 
I, I, I'm just saying I'm kind of tired of the red state versus blue state stuff. Um, Idaho's all right. If we're gonna if we're gonna use colors, Idaho's already blue. We just elected Republicans who are actually Democrats, who are actually some of them socialists. Uh, how, socialists. I, how about uh, Pocatello is a perfect example too. I mean, uh, you know, of course, of course, uh, my organization, the Bearded Patriots, we endorsed uh, Jake Stevens, and uh, of course, I I thought it was his to win, and. Uh, Lo and behold, we have Nate Roberts. Number one, he he's not even from around here. He he came over from Oregon and wanted to press his ways on Idahoans, and he's doing it. And uh, yeah, and he is a devout socialist. Yeah, I mean, there are and the the, the worst socialists are the ones who won't who won't tell you that they're actual socialists. Um, the ones who lie about what they are and who they are. Oh, I'm a conservative, or I believe in in limited government or you know i i um i i believe in in you know god and country and um you know i, I believe in the constitution or the, the 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 folks who will say that and then lie about it and then for run for office to hope that you won't know it they're the worst ones no, and um and you know so i, I there there are a lot of elections like that this last time where it looked like it was a competition between you know different brands of conservatives, but it really was do as a contest between actual conservatives and uh, socialists. I mean, it's it's kind of like the difference between uh, the idiot we have in the White House right now and Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders will tell you to to your face that he's a devout socialist, communist, whatever. Joe Biden will tell you that uh, he, he's not any of the above. He's all for capitalism, whatever, but he's still a Democrat and then stick that proverbial knife in your back uh, if, he, if he's fast enough to do it at his, at his age. But yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's why Bernie Sanders, uh, the Democratic Party said, you're too upfront with your socialism. You got to you got to back off with that. And that's why he's not in there. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. But I think that the other lesson that you can learn from people like Bernie Sanders and um, Donald Trump um Oh, uh, Ron DeSantis, um, Ron Paul, is that the the politicians that that take a hard position and say what they're about and and don't equivocate? They're the ones that that get a following. Um, Sanders, you know, I don't particularly care for his style, but at least he's honest about where he is. Yeah. Um, AOC, the same way. AOC, you know, God bless her. She she's a socialist, but she does it. Um, these people that the, she is less dangerous than Mitt Romney puts you that way. Uh, Mitt Romney, uh, John McCain, you know, there was a guy the other day talking about how nonpartisan, I can't remember his name, but he was a, a, a musician. And he said, Oh, I'm, I'm nonpartisan. I played at the, um, the inaugurations of Barack Obama, uh, George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush. And, um, um, gosh, who, who am I forgetting? Clinton or something like that. And I'm like, that sounds like he played at at the um, at the inaugurations of a bunch of socialist candidates for for president. Good for you. I I don't think there's a lot of daylight between Mitt Romney and and um, and Barack Obama. There's <laughs> oh, not a daylight. There's not a lot of daylight. Yeah, there's not a lot of daylight between George W. Bush and Barack Obama. Well, that's why the Obamni. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
you know, so I, I mean, I remember watching the, the Utah uh, U.S. Senate debate. What was it? You know, four years ago or something with uh, Mitt Romney and whoever the Democrat he was running against, whose name name escapes me. And they were basically saying the same thing. You know, they're just saying the same thing. There's different different parties. You know, well, who needs that? Yeah, it's, I it's, don't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd much rather I'd much rather the real people who are sincere about their positions, and you need this right now because consider where you are in society. Um, this, this is this is the moment in human history which defines the relationship between man and government. Um, we've been here before the signing of the Magna Carta in the 15th century. Um, was it the 15th century? Maybe the 14th century. I'm losing track. Um, the uh, signing of the Declaration of Independence, the ratification of the, of the U.S. Constitution, uh, the New Deal, the Great Society, and COVID. Yeah, there have been certain places in human history where man's relationship with government has been defined, and we're still living in that right now. And I don't care that you have an R. I'm not, I'm not here to, to count the number of R's that are elected. I'm here to, to, to see about the number of truly conservative free market public policies that are passed, period. Yeah, yeah. Republican does not mean conservative. You know, and, no. and, and not only that, too. I mean, in places you have. You have people who are working at daycare centers, and I don't want to go too deep in this conversation because we don't have a lot of time. Um, but you have people who are working at daycare centers, sitting little boys down, telling them that it doesn't matter if they were born with a peepee that deep down inside they're still they're, they're girls, make them wear dresses and play with dolls, you know, and, and basically force transgenderism on them at that young age. And then, of course, uh, once they're ready for school and you got these teachers doing what they're doing, makes me sick. Well, we have a lot of work to do. Um, there's no question about it. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to think that you've got to get the government out of the, out of the education business because oh, you see what government-run education does. It's, it's not good. And um, so to the degree that states have constitutional amendments that say that they're supposed to, you know, be in the public school education business, um, you know, pass education savings accounts, pass vouchers, uh, give them tax credits or whatever it is so they can be free of that system because that system is really, really corrupt. I mean, critical race theory is nothing more than teaching self-hatred. So, you know, they that's when they know what communism is. And accept their fate because my ancestors were bad. So I deserve to be to to go through this. I I deserve to live in a third world country. I deserve to starve because of what my ancestors did. That's what that all in a nutshell, that's what critical race theory does. Teach self-hatred and low self-esteem. And and the acceptance of communism, yeah, um, that's pretty much it. And it comes by different different names. Um, culturally responsive teaching is another phrase. It's also CRT, but it's a different different set of words. If you look in um, education teacher certification standards across the country, including in Idaho, I haven't checked other states, but in Idaho, um, in order to be a certified teacher, you have to. 
believe in and and support culturally responsive teaching, which again is is CRT, critical race theory. Um, so uh, you see this everywhere, not just in quote unquote blue states or quote unquote red states, but it, it's it's everywhere. Well, it started in basically in South Africa. South Africa, I've been following uh, what goes on there for a long time. And, you know, it's South Africa and, and Australia. Uh, South Africa, Australia, and Argentina are three of the test beds for what they want for the, for the rest of the world. South Africa right now, they got a lot of civil unrest. Uh, they're talking about land expropriation without compensation, basically, which robs the farmers of their land and, and give it to people who don't know how to manage it. Uh, or uh, they're going to give it to the Chinese because they're so in debt to China, they, they got to do something. You got Australia uh, basically practicing total totalitarianism. You have Venezuela, which has become a uh, – they, they show there what socialism, how it really works there. And so, yeah, okay, this is going to work for the rest of the world. So, uh, we, you know, you got the Klaus Schwab's and the George Soros's and the Bill Gates, get, you know, getting ready for their takeover or the Great Reset. Yeah, um, I mean, that's a very real deal. That's not some something, you know, it's a figment of our imagination or something. It's a, it's a very real deal. It's very, very concerning. And what I like to tell everybody is, look, this is – this is kind of what our founders recognized. See, when I started the Freedom Foundation in two, at the end of 2008, um, our effort was in lessening the burden of government, you know, lowering taxes, getting rid of some regulations, uh, maybe getting rid of a government program here or there. Uh, now what we're doing is we're racing to save a free society. Because it is in jeopardy, there's no question about that. And I think, and I and I think that with the as, as time goes on, you really see the brilliance of our of our founders, um, because they studied history. They were very wise. They studied history, and they understood that even in your best case scenario, that the best government that you can possibly set up. There's a possibility that things could go south. That um, you know, you could hire a moron to be president. <laughs> Case well, in point. I th- um, haven't we already done that? <laughs> yeah, and exactly, it's my point. And and so, and, and and so, knowing that you know your your centralized federal government could could you know fall apart. Um, at that point, we had 13 states. Now we have 50. But you would expect that one state would do things right, and they're not. And this is the problem. So you don't need a convention of states. You don't need a, um, uh, you know, to amend the U.S. Constitution. You don't need to do any of that stuff. All you need is a state legislature to do what they've always have supposed to have been doing. Um, if if they push back, if they don't accept federal grants, what if you had, what if, what if Idaho, what if Utah, what if Texas, what if any state said, you know, we don't want to participate in these federal uh, welfare programs anymore. We don't want to do Medicaid. There's no federal law that makes you do it. There's no federal law that makes you do food stamps. Exactly. What if you did that? So what if you did that? So what if you passed a bill and it said, we're not participating in these programs anymore? What would happen? Well, I mean, 
use your imagination, but, you know, first thing, you know, some people would probably move to a state that did still have those programs, Washington, Oregon, California. That's okay. Let them go deal with the refugees of the, of the um, uh, unwilling to engage in the economy, to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps, uh, to get help from, you know, churches, charities, families, communities, um, whatever. Let them go do that. Um, let some of these people get jobs. I mean, that's the other thing that would happen. Some people would, would go get get jobs. But the most important thing, I think, is that you would see uh, localities step up the way they always have. There was a time in America in the not-too-distant past where when people were in need, you know, folks stepped up to offer them help. And, uh, and, and that's what we should be doing again. And what I'm saying is that it's, it's time to reclaim our humanity. Uh, to have parents be parents again, to have communities be communities, neighbors being neighbors, actually caring about uh, one another. And um, and you can't do that when you delegate it to some outside entity that just extracts taxes from you by force and then creates a program and an administration. And they're not really concerned with people's well-being. They just want to add more people onto the program. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, Wayne, I hate to say it, uh, but we are out of time for the segment. I want to thank you very much for joining me. And uh, for those listening on the uh, audio uh, part, uh, we're going to be hitting a music set soon. Uh, but uh, before we do any of that, uh, please uh, give Idaho Freedom Foundation a plug. If uh, people want to join or donate, how can they do so? Yeah, just it's very easy. Just go to idahofreedom.org. And I keep reading these stories in the paper that said I'm funded by some out-of-state billionaires. Um, they should probably let me know who those out-of-state billionaires are because I don't know. I, we, 99% of our donations come from Idahoans, and they write little checks and big checks. Some of them, you know, give me a $10 a month credit card payment or whatever. Um, but those are the people, they're just grassroots people like you and me who are just concerned about our country and the future of our country and whether we'll survive as a free society or not. And everyone's welcome to join and participate. And it's very simple. Like I said, just go to idahofreedom.org. And that's also where you can keep up with uh, legislators voting records. And for, for people who, you know, want to do a similar kind of project in other States, come talk to me. We'll, we'll help you get started. All right. Well, once again, I appreciate your time. God bless you. And, uh, you know, um, I'm going to be standing behind you. The Bearded Patriots, you know, in, has endorsed uh, Idaho Freedom Foundation defending Utah and Battleground, Oregon. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to in- endorse uh, other organizations just like this, you know, from, from other states that, uh, you know, basically, you know, all about preserving our liberty because, our liberty is is something that God want us, wanted us to have. You know, we, we weren't uh, meant to be uh, controlled by a government. We formed government to protect our freedom, but uh, not, not to run our lives. Freedom is in our design. It's in our makeup. It's in our DNA. And, um, you know, as, for as long as we're willing to have it, exactly. for as long as we're willing to have it. Absolutely. Well, Wayne, thank you so much for your time. Like I say, God bless you and good luck to you. Thank you. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. There you have Wayne Hoffman of the Idaho Freedom Foundation. We're going to go to the first music set of the show. 
Coming up, we've got Alive in Barcelona, going to be followed by Toxic, the Lyrical Assassin, Sweet Tea Trio, Hydrogen, and Doyle Bramhall. Be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, did you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? How are you doing? Just fine. Your, your voice is very, very soothing. I feel like you should be an announcer of some sort. <laughs> I might be. You never know. 
God, I, I kind of want to just cuddle up in bed right now and have you read me a bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to on this fine afternoon? Oh, just relaxing, masturbating a little bit. Oh, great. Me too. I'm actually sitting here playing with my Mandingo right now, working on excreting my man-yogurt, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Is that right? That's right. <laughs> Jeans and tags. 
no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your Hunter Athletic Gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, Hunter Athletic Gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed battle after battle hunter athletic gear is the brand celebrating your victory hunter athletic gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies including compression pants fight shorts hoodies vests caps and bikinis they can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business visit their website at hunterathletic.myshopify.com gear up and let's train What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour un 
uninterrupted and uncensored information. Join our CTM family today. Join the movement. Join the fight for freedom and independence. Caravan to Midnight is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment of the United States of America's Constitution. This Second Amendment, the right of law-abiding Americans to privately own and possess firearms, is under attack like no other time in America's history. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to take away your Second Amendment rights through gun bans, gun confiscations, and government regulations. Even a gun tax. Do not take this lying down. The time to take action and fight to protect your Second Amendment rights is now. Join the Second Amendment Foundation, the oldest and largest nonprofit foundation focused on protecting your Second Amendment rights. For more information, to join or to donate, visit saf.org. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Cancel culture has not only affected myself and MyPillow, but also millions of you out there. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you for all your support. At MyPillow, we have hundreds of products now, including my new slippers, bathrobes, sleepwear, and my new beds. We are offering the best products ever for the best prices ever. Mike Lindell is a true patriot who loves America, and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials box and use promo code OUTLAW for all Mike's great discounts. Or call 1-800-652-3982. And remember to use promo code OUTLAW. And now a message for the men. Listen up, guys. Fact. As we men age, our IGF-1 growth factor levels decrease, which can lead to gradual deterioration of energy, muscle growth, and immune function. From Neutronics Labs comes a line of health supplements that make men men again. Deer Antler Velvet. Listen. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet contains the most concentrated source of widely diversified nutrition found in the plant or animal kingdom. Choose from Neutronics Labs liposome spray product. From the Ultra 10,000 Nanograms Package to the Platinum 300,000 Nanograms Package. They're also specially formulated supplements for joint pain relief, more energy, better stamina, better natural sleep, stress relief, and weight loss. For more information about these amazing products, visit keys2life.shop. That's K-E-Y-S, the number two, life.shop. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet Supplements from Neutronics Labs. Making men, men again. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Fuck the shit, fuck the fucking shit, fuck shit. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. Fuck shit, the shit, fuck shit. Shit, fuck. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and Neutronics, IGF-1, Making Men, Men Again. 
songs you just heard, you just heard Doyle Bramhall with cover of Stevie Ray Vaughan's Life by the Drop. Before that, Hydrogen with cover of Elvis Presley's Suspicious Minds. Yeah, we've got some covers in this show today. Before that, you heard Toxic, the Lyrical Assassin with My Own Hands. And starting off the whole set, Alive in Barcelona with Back to Life. All right, it's time for Outlaw Radio Crime Stories with the Iceman. Yes, the host of the uh, Mutter Cop. Yeah, keep forgetting, I'm sorry, the Mutter Cop Chronicles podcast. Here we go. The man's got a right to protect his property and his life. Outlaw Radio Crime Stories. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio Crime Stories, I have I am welcoming the Iceman from the Motor Cop uh Motor Cop Video Chronicles. I think I said that right. Did I Iceman? Be close. It's Motor Cop, just Motor Cop Chronicles. Motor Cop Chronicles. Podcast, yeah. Yes. All right. Uh before we start our discussion, I do want to remind you to check out our affiliates so with uh Outlaw Radio and the Bearded Patriots, of course. Uh, there's Mike Lindell's and My Pillow. Uh, go to My Pillow or MyStore.com. Either one. Uh, do do some shopping there and use the promo code Outlaw. You can get up to eighty percent off right in your order right now. So take advantage of that deal. Mike Lindell's got some good stuff out there. There's also uh, My Patriot Supply, which I feel is very important. Um, times are getting tough and they're only going to get tougher, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you're prepared for the next unplanned emergency. Get yourself some food with a 25 year shelf life. There's of course, uh, the brothers tactical, uh, or excuse me, the tactical brothers, uh, check them out. Uh, also we, the people holsters for best inside the waistband, outside the waistband, concealed carry and other apparel. All links in in the uh, description of the video here. So, anyway, let's get started. Iceman, you're from Bayou Country, as I like to say, a part of the, a part of the country I've never been to. I've been to most states, but Maine, uh, Maine, Florida, and Louisiana, with the exception of Alaska and Hawaii, are the ones I have not been to yet. Thank you very much for joining the show. Well, I appreciate it. You're missing out. Except for the humidity. Oh, I, I lived in uh, South Carolina for a little while. It uh, probably is not quite as humid there, but uh, still, it's it's close enough. It's pretty pretty humid in South Carolina. Yeah, you get some of it. They're not summertime. It's like, yeah. you know, it, it I, might be 100 degrees, but it feels like it's 120 just because of the humidity. And then I lived in Vegas for five years, and that kind of heat, that's miserable, but... <laughs> That's kind of dry heat, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's dry heat. And I've also, when I was in South Carolina, I did see alligators crossing the road, which I didn't see very many, but I know I'd see a lot more in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah we we do have. They're not, some people just think, you know, we got to beat them off with a stick when we go outside. It's in certain, you know, swampier areas. Yeah. Yeah, watch where you park along the side of the road. You might, if you're in a swampy area, you oh, might. Yeah might find yourself close to a marsh I've, I've actually been on you know quite a few alligator calls at work so 
and everything. We had a we had a big one. Not I got a picture of it on my TikTok. Uh, uh, it was a big one. He he actually his tail was on the fog line and his his snout was on uh, on the center line of the highway. That's how that's how long he was. He he was a big gator. He was just sunning himself. So I got out there and uh, finally got him mad enough to uh, get him out the way, and he got him left. And in the video, it was funny because some people made a comment because it's like the kids were riding their bike and they would just see the alligator and they would just drive right around the alligator like it wasn't even there. You <laughs> ever bike. you ever eat alligator? Oh yes, we eat alligator all the time. Yeah, I've it, tried it a good. couple. I tried it a couple of times, but I think it was it was cooked a certain way to because it didn't taste very good. It was fried and all that. Plus, it wasn't cooked in the South where it's you know where you're going to get the best of the well, best. It probably wasn't fried correctly then, because <laughs> we have fried alligator bites. We actually they'll put alligator and some sausage and stuff down here and make it. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, so uh, the reason why I wanted to talk to you, I mean, I came across your. Uh, your podcast, and of course, uh, you're you're a lot, uh, pretty much the same kind of podcast that I run, uncensored, uh, no bullshit, and uh, no political correctness or any of that stuff, which is great. So you're a man after my own heart there, but you, <laughs> but uh, you are a law enforcement officer, and that's the main thing I want to talk about is corruption in law enforcement. Now, given the fact that the FBI isn't. Uh, the bureau of what J. Edgar Hoover put together, you know, the, you know, that the FBI that put his boot, he put their boot heels down on the throats of the KKK back in uh, 1964. The, the FBI has just become basically a Gestapo. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would. Uh, believe it or not, up, up to this recent stuff, what happened with Trump with, uh, Marl Argo and stuff. Uh, me, me, I've been a, I'm still a cop. I got, like I said, we just talked about, it. I got like a little bit less than three years left and I retire. I've been doing this 27 plus years and uh, FBI was like, you know, all law enforcement, we all kind of looked up to the FBI. I was like the cream of the crop, you know, stuff like that. And when all that happened, I was like, man, I mean, I, there's certain things uh, that I could not do. I took an oath to uphold the constitution and state laws. And I'd have to give up my job if they start wanting me to violate anybody's constitutional rights, period. Yes. That's, that's what they're doing. And I don't see how, them, how, how they're doing it. I mean, like I said, they used to be the cream of the crop and now it's like, I have no respect for them whatsoever. It's like none. Well, I mean, uh, for one, I, the one I've at, never had any respect for is uh, the ATF. And obviously because I live in Idaho, you know what happened north of me 20 plus years ago at uh, Ruby Ridge and yes. how they, how they uh, murdered Randy Weaver's wife and son. And then of course, what they did down in Waco, Texas. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I understand there there's different branches of law enforcement for a reason. I've stated this before. You got your city police to take care of, what's within the city limits. You got your county sheriff, what takes it, uh, takes care of what's within the county. Then you got your state troopers that take care of what's within the states and anything across state lines. That's what the FBI is for. So they do serve a purpose, but it's like they're, I'm not going to say abolish the FBI, but I think there needs to be a reform there. 
Well, what I think they need to do is take out that upper echelon part of it. All these people that are uh, all their politics and stuff when when their the FBI agents shouldn't have their politics should not come into their job performance in any kind of way. And uh, like I said, the the upper echelon to me, I mean, because I mean, as much as I'm disappointed in them, I still they still got a lot of good FBI agents out there that probably wouldn't have done that. I mean, they're all over the United States, but the problem is, is the the upper administration. You take uh, just like an a police department, sheriff's office, anything. You get a bad chief or a bad sheriff. I mean, and he could ruin a whole department because yeah. of bad bad management. Basically, that's what's going on right now is bad management. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Biden's choice for head of the ATF was what David Chipman, who was who was there at Waco, and a picture of him proudly standing on the ashes of uh, seventeen little children. It's like that motherfucker. I mean, I I just got no words to that. Just just so pissed me off. And then, of course, when he's up for nomination, he's nothing more than a sniveling little weasel. So. Most of the people in the Biden, I mean, what he he hired, what he got that that transgender, uh, what Levine, whatever it is, uh, you got that thing, the Admiral uh, appointed, which is a makes the military into a joke right there. Them poor people, and then uh, you had I don't know what it was that that the luggage stealing nuclear waste disposal thing with a mustache and a dress on running around with a leather dog mask. I mean, what right. kind of fucking, I mean, it's like, okay, what, what do you do? Sit there and say, Hey, y'all find me the weirdest motherfuckers y'all can find. And let's give them really good positions. <laughs> you know, when it came to Rachel Levine too, I mean, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to be fair. I mean, the, uh, this person's got their credentials as a doctor, uh, knows more about the medical field than I do, perhaps. So let's let's give them a chance to see see what they say. Oh, and then then of course Rachel's talking about putting children on puberty blockers. That's going to have long term effects. Oh, that, what the fuck? You were better than me because I was like, yeah, it's a dude that thinks he's a girl. Uh, I can't see him being very intelligent i mean he might be smart but he's got mental problems and like let me explain this to you and your listeners if somebody wants to be gay be gay i don't care that don't affect me okay i'll tell everybody i have a son that was gay he was kind of born that way when he was three years old i told my mom his grandma said he's gonna be gay and she's like maybe it's a phase well it wasn't but that was his choice i never tried to change him you can be gay it don't affect me but if you want to dress up as a woman, don't affect me. When you start trying to to mess with the children with it, though, now I got a problem with it. Absolutely, stop messing. You know, they're saying this. They they want to make it where you got to be twenty one years old to buy a gun. Correct? They're trying to. I don't know if they have or not. Uh, well, it uh, is. You got to be twenty one to buy cigarettes. Almost now, you can join the military to serve the country. Though, when you're eighteen, you can vote when you're eighteen. You know, because you got to play saying you're an adult, but a five-year-old can decide it wants to be a girl instead of a boy. And decide on the surgery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no. I mean, yes. when I was five years old, I wanted to be Spider-Man. 
<laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? So, so you know, spikes on to me. So let me try to climb a building. You're five years old. You're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're, you're stupid. I used to think that they had, you know, when I was five years old, I thought they had uh, two canned birds, like two canned Sam from the Fruit Loop commercial. I thought they were inside the red lights and moved their beaks to change the lights. And I thought everybody went to bed at eight o'clock at night and they had some man that went around and fed all the fucking birds and red lights and stuff like that. I mean, you, you come up with stupid shit. So, no. No, you know what happened? Uh, not even 30 miles uh, or just a little over 30 miles from where I live was this daycare worker got fired, of course. And then, of course, brought a, brought along the alphabet soup group to protest on her behalf. But she sat down a couple of little boys and and told them, you know, it doesn't matter if you were born with a penis deep down inside. You are a girl and drilled it in their heads. You are a girl. Then, of course, made them wear dresses and only allowed them, only allowed them to play with dolls. She should she should have been charged with child abuse. Yeah, exactly. she was abusing those childs mentally. Uh, it's yeah, I don't understand people like that. I mean, what? I mean, it didn't take much. I mean, an old movie a long time ago it was intelligent. It was Kindergarten Cop. They had a little kid in it, and he said. Boys have penises and girls have vaginas. I remember that. I mean, how how hard is it? It's not hard. It's like, oh, the doctor chooses you, tells you you what you're no, the doctor didn't tell you, your chromosomes did. You either got double X or XY. If you have an any, you're a boy. If Audi, you're a boy. If it's goes in, you a girl, okay? Okay. If you have a penis, you're a boy. If you want to wear a dress and be a boy, it's fine. I'm not gonna cut now. The only way I'm going to call you ma'am is if you look like and I can't tell and you trick me. But if you walk up there, you're like, yes, I can do this. And you got a dress on and makeup. You're going to get a hey, dude, out of me because it's like, I, I just can't do it. I'm old school. Uh, I'm about to. <laughs> I had a little liberal kid about a year ago. This is a high school kid. And uh, I was talking to I was in work capacity and I was talking to the mom about something. I don't remember, but I said one of the dreaded trigger words that's in my vocabulary, 50 years, 50, almost 52 years old. I said the R word. I said retarded. Oh, I, I said well, this. Yeah, this, this, this little high school girl like went, <gasps> I was like, what? She's like, you can't say that word. I said, what word? She said that, that R word. I said, retarded. Yeah, you can't say that. I said, why? I said, I wasn't calling a retarded person retarded. I said something was retarded. Yes. And and I wasn't referring. I didn't look at, you know, somebody with Down syndromes and call them retarded. I was talking about, I said some situation, something, and it was retarded the way, you know, and it was like, she said, you, you just, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I, I didn't mean to offend you. All right. They were acting like a bunch of window lickers. Well, that really <laughs> sent her through the roof that I called them window lickers. And, uh, she got mad, went and sat in her vehicle, it w- waited on her mom, which was great because now she's out of my face. Now, so when the mom's like, I want to apologize. School has really messed her up. You know, obviously, yes, but I can't help it. Pissing people off is like, it's entertaining. Especially, <laughs> especially when uh, I'm around, I'm around some liberals and I'll say Joe Biden is a retard and I'll do it. too. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, how, you, did you hear Joe Biden got a uh, endorsement deal? Huh? Uh, I I haven't. Uh, yeah, he's going to be doing commercials for Depends. <laughs> if he even knows how to put them on, yeah. <laughs> God, the guy can't even walk up a flight of stairs. No, now. no, he just. Uh, but I did hear him articulate a sentence uh, a couple weeks ago. But that, that was must have been an accident. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, one thing says that you know this segment is called crime stories too. Is uh, you yourself? I I, I want to get this uh, straight because we talked talked about this in a private conversation. Uh, but uh, you have come across. Uh, I would say very corrupt cop. And, uh, you know, we, we have Klaus Schwab in the world economic forum. Now, um, Klaus Schwab said that pedophiles will save humanity as if that man already doesn't piss me off enough. Now, um, you know, he had to come out and say that. How, how's he even figure? I didn't heard that, but how do you think pedophiles are going to save humanity? Well, you got to figure, you know, this is the man that's telling you that uh, you have to eat bugs, and by 2030, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Okay. Yeah. I probably won't be alive then. Uh, kind of that mantra where you can have it when you pull it out my gold dead hands. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but you came across, there's, there's a police officer uh, that was quite, quite shady, and uh, yeah, as, as you would say, I'm a pedophile. Yeah, he uh, this guy was a pedophile. Uh, uh, knew this guy, used to work with him, and uh, never in my, no, of course you know in law enforcement, kind of like school or whatever. You you know you move different. I moved into I'm a motorcycle cop, so I moved into this direction. He went in this direction, so you know we didn't we when we first started we knew each other real good. We were friends, and you kind of grow apart. But when this hit the news, because I didn't work for that department anymore, I was like, what the hell. Now, this is one of them guys where uh, I wouldn't have left the room to, to pee, take a piss, but because uh, he's going to try to have sex with your wife. But that was known about him. Okay. There was no loyalty with him there. He was a horn dog. But to be a pedophile with a very, like, I'm talking like a, a six year old or younger or something, very thing. And then his wife was involved with it. And uh, he just got 100 years. She got 41 years, and another girl that was involved in it got life. Uh, I mean, they're out there. And you know what? This guy was very smart. If he wouldn't have uh, made mistakes, and uh, I guess he messed up and uh, accidentally, or I don't know if he accidentally or did on purpose, but uh, downloaded some kitty, some files or whatever onto the cloud. And somehow it got flagged. That's the only reason. That, that's the only way he got caught. If it wouldn't have been for that, he'd still be out there doing this. Because he he, he he's smart, and a lot of these pedophiles are smart. Hmm. Just what is that? They wouldn't that like it pisses me off with that map stuff. It's like I'm a minor attractor, but no, you're not no. a map. You're a piece of shit pedophile. You're a nasty person. That if you're a male, you should have your all of your genitalia. You, just whacked off right just with a hot iron or something and just where it just sears it but and you know everybody's like oh well them, them cops and this and that because you got the, all the defend defund the police and acab people out there it's like let me tell you what if we would have known that if i would have known that he was a pedophile i don't i can't 
I can't honestly say I don't know if I'd have arrested him or, or he would have just had had a bad accident or something. I mean, I can't stand people that hurt children, and he don't deserve to be. He don't deserve a hundred years. He don't deserve to breathe the air. I don't care that, and it's a disgrace that he used to wear a badge. It's you know, those people. You know, I've dedicated my whole life to this, and uh, you know, just like with the. I don't know how you feel about it. We can talk about it. With, I mean, I'll bring it up. Uh, the whole George Floyd incident. Do I agree 100% with the whole outcome? No. Did Derek Chauvin uh, take it a little too far? Yes. He. There's no reason you have that many cops there and need to keep him in that position. Do I believe that Derek Chauvin was uh, the ultimate reason that George Floyd died? I don't care what kind of medical people tell me. No. I believe that if he, in my mind, this is my opinion now, everybody, so y'all can just freak out or whatever you want to. If they would have left him in the unit when they got him in the unit, instead of him like, oh, I can't breathe, I'm claustrophobic, I'd have rolled the windows down, left him in the unit, sitting up right there. I guarantee you he would have died. I'm telling you, I believe he would have died sitting in that chair right there from an overdose. Yeah, fentanyl has become, it has become quite, uh, quite the thing here that uh, we have to worry about, you know, before I came back here to Idaho in uh, early 2016, um, meth was already bad in the, in the town that I lived in, but uh, heroin was making a really rapid rise. And so was uh, fentanyl. Um, Well, you notice when fentanyl started making a big rise, right? I can't, I can't tell you exactly. I'm I'm, going to tell you. What did what did they make it extremely difficult to get your hands on? Opioids. Opioids. We yeah. we had we had the big they had the big crackdown on uh, hydrocodone, oxy, and all that stuff like that. So you got all the people that are addicted to these pills. Well, you're like, oh, well, we're going to make it hard for them to get. They'll just stop doing drugs. Well, I don't know what kind of rocket science they think. No, they just moved over to something different. They went over to the heroin. And then they started using fentanyl. They just changed their drug of choice is all they did. And they were like, oh, we have to do the opioids because of so many overdoses. Let me tell you what. We didn't have half the overdoses. Fentanyl's knocking people people off. I think we had like right right here in Baton Rouge City uh, over uh, like Christmas break, uh, like a 12-day period. We had like 14 people overdose and die that, w- that we weren't able to get back. 14 people. OD'd on fentanyl and, and dead. Um, so did my neighbor. I mean, in fact, uh, yeah, uh, my my neighbor. I remember my daughter's. Uh, she comes comes into the house and she says, "I think I think the neighbor's dead." And I'm I'm like, "Well, I'm, I run over there, and of course, kids are crying." And I'm I'm like, "What's going on?" So I was just going to go check his pulse, but I saw the position he was laying in, and I'm like, "Oh, I, I'm going to look at I'm going to look at him first before I even touch him." And of course, his face is blue, eyes wide open. He's dead. And my wife, who's certified in CPR, she's on her way over, and that's her same thing. Oh, he's dead. There's nothing I can do, you know. And of course, we uh, called the ambulance, who in turn called the coroner. But yeah, and it's all because he mixed fentanyl with oxycodones or cocaine. Right, it's, it's fentanyl is, like I said. And then, if anybody hasn't been, I don't know if you've ever been around anybody that got Narcan. You take somebody, they're basically, they're they're like this close to being dead. I'm talking just millimeters from being dead. They're that close to death. 
you Narcan them. Like sometimes you got Narcan them a couple of times. Then they wake up because you Narcan them. It done took away all the drug stuff. Then they wake up sober and they're pissed off and you either got to fight them or they run or something like that. Because now you just, even though you just, this person's life just got saved. Cause if you left them there, they were going to die. Now they're pissed off. You know why? Because we fucked their high up. We, I've, we had, I had one not long ago. We actually, uh, he was involved in a crash. He was shooting up fentanyl and stuff while he was driving. Uh, OD'd while he was driving, crashed in like this other car. I mean, it was it was a pretty good crash. Well, when we get there, this guy is laid out across the seat. I get over there and look, and I feel I'm checking. I'm like, all right, this dude's dead. We see the paraphernalia on the floor. I'm like, okay, now this guy's dead. I'm gonna go check on the other people. So we got him there, you know. Well, the ambulance people are rolling up, and they're like, well, I'm like, look, check these people first. They're hurt. That guy's dead over there. Like I said, we couldn't find a pulse or nothing. Not us, the police, not medical. Well, firemen show up and they just kind of paramedics are there. So the firemen just kind of digging they over there and they got their little stuff checking. They found barely a pulse. The guy wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. Well, we couldn't find. I mean, I didn't have the equipment, so we're like, no, he's this dude's dead. They find that, but anyway, they ended up bringing this dude back. Like I said, we he was that. I mean, his pulse was almost none. He was inches away from death so then they bring him they narcan him so he starts coming back they bring him to the hospital as soon as they pull up at the hospital at the emergency room they open the back to get him out he jumps out and he takes off running mm-hmm. we're like okay and no cops were there so he ended up getting away i mean i think i think he ended up ODing two or three days later again and died because uh but yeah he jumped out the ambulance took off running see now he he's he, he needs to go get his dope fixed again now because now he's sober Unbelievable! Wow. Yeah. Well, welcome to the world. It's like, oh, Narcan saved their life. No, you just made them mad at this point. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to ask you too, before we uh, run out of time for the segment too, and I get, get your take on it, going back to, uh, to our, our friendly feds who uh, are our local Gestapo, you might say, but you know, and I, I just want to get your take on this, too, because I talked to uh, Sheriff Richard Mack, uh, who's from the Utah and Arizona area. And if if there's an operation going down in your in your area, of course, the feds come in. You as a, a local law enforcement officer, actually, from what I understand, can override uh, their authority. Um, it, uh, I've heard that. I'd have to look into it. That's probably that's above my pay grade on that part of it. But uh, I believe on some things it is. It has to be a federal, some kind of federal crime for them to come in to, to have jurisdiction on. If it's not a federal offense, like somebody didn't break federal laws, I don't think they have jurisdiction on it, if I'm correct. Don't quote me on it. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a traffic cop, but I believe so. I mean, I, I've been on some things that – it's been nothing recently. It's been a couple of years ago with uh, federal marshals and stuff before and ago. They always, when they have, you know, uh, warrants or something that the marshals are doing, they always want to bring some locals in with them, you know, because most of the time they're in plain clothes and they'd rather have a uniform there. So I hadn't, I've never had to work anything with the FBI or anything. The only time I've seen FBI is actually when they come down and investigate a, you know, a complaint against a cop or something like that. 
Yeah, yeah. Says what? Well, um, yeah, sh the story uh, uh, Sheriff Mack had told me is that uh, I guess uh, there there was a dispute over a bridge that they had to repair or something that the local townspeople needed, and in, in comes the uh, FBI and was going to arrest the uh, construction workers. And he approached the agent and said, "If you arrest him, I'm going to arrest you." What do you want to arrest the bridge guy for? Uh, they they wanted to put a stop to the repairing the bridge. I I don't know the whole story. Well, that's, that's just crazy sound. I mean, with the <laughs> yeah, but uh, Sheriff Max said you arrest him and I'm going to arrest you. Well, I don't know how it is up there. Sheriffs in the South, a sheriff is the most powerful person ever in his parish, which would be our county. The only person that can arrest uh, the sheriff or something like that, I think, is the coroner. Uh, yeah, they they're like. We got 52, 52 parishes in Louisiana, and uh, and they're the most the parish president. All they don't have nothing. The sheriff is it. People don't realize how powerful a sheriff actually is. He's a tax collector, and uh, yeah, I mean, he overrides all the PDs, and I mean, just it's it's amazing how much power they have. Yes, you know, and and uh, we just have to have the right people. Uh, do the job correctly because you know um, we see what that also people get a taste of that power and they want more and they become corrupt and yeah you do have that we see that every day my friend well you're getting all these uh all these woke district attorneys and stuff like that a lot of these like it's like new york and you know chicago and i mean the poor cops out there their hands are so tied now uh in new york with the no bail thing i mean the cop ain't even wrote his report yet, and the guy's back out on the street. Or in Chicago, I don't even know if you know this. In Chicago, they changed their pursuit laws that they're not even allowed to chase a bad guy on foot unless they get a supervisor's permission. What a so bunch if, of horses! If, if you go, if you're a cop and you go to arrest somebody and they take off running, I'm not allowed to chase after you unless my my sergeant. Uh, gives me permission to do it so now i have to call the sergeant and ask him if it's okay if i chase this person well that person that's running is not sitting there waiting for you to go okay go you know so by the time you get permission they're gone uh seattle or somewhere they got a they got a nail that's a no pursuit at all policy in the vehicle when i just read an article you know they're they're People not, you know, running from them in cars have went up like 50-something percent because people know, well, they can't chase me, so if they're going to pull me over, I'm not going to stop. I mean, well, also, <laughs> I mean, I mean Se Seattle and, and uh, they, the way they've stumped to the levels, uh, stumped down to the levels of stupidity, just like San Francisco, of course, uh, homeless people can, yes. can piss and shit on the sidewalk. Well, it's pretty much the same way in uh, Seattle, too. They're they're allowed to defecate in public because they don't want to use their tax dollars to put in to put something like a porta potty or an outhouse or somewhere for them to use, you know. And and now, so you know, the people who were assigned to do that shitty job and clean it up, they're not allowed to use power hoses because power hoses were used during the civil riots. When it might trigger somebody, yeah. yeah. Well, I would not. If somebody's like, oh, we have a job, but you're going to be picking up human shit. I'd be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'd rather. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. I'll go flip burgers at McDonald's. <laughs> I'm not cleaning up poop. I don't care how much you're paying an hour. Not doing it. And uh, 
Well, you know, I think it's in San Francisco. The homeless people, I just did a thing where uh, they're actually now taking over, or was it Chicago? They're taking over all the electric vehicle charging station areas because they figured out how to hack into them and get the electricity out of them. So they're out there plugging their TVs and shit in their tents and stuff in, and you can't charge your car. Oh, my goodness. It's like, yeah, people don't realize y'all keeping up. I don't know. You may, you, I doubt you do, but uh, if you like an electric car, you go right ahead. Because guess what? It's all computerized. And don't think that the government ain't probably in a button up there somewhere that they can just push it and turn your car off. Oh, yeah, there's that. And not only that, you post something on Facebook or Twitter that they don't like. And, well, you're not. You're, yep, you're not going to work today. Click. Well, it's just like, you know. I actually on uh, YouTube, I I got a I put up a short video saying, "Hey, if you can't find my videos here, you can find you can find them on on Rumble." I got I got a seven day strike for that, you know. So just what, for saying, just for saying, you had a Rumble account. Yeah, just for saying, I got a Rumble account. Said I was spamming. Wow. So I'm surprised. I'm surprised that I haven't got. I don't know how I've stayed off the radar, but I'm like Facebook and YouTube and all that stuff. Cause I talk about some crazy crap and don't hold back. And I'm like, so I do have a, uh, account at the rumble also that I started using a little bit more. I actually did the $10 where I can start trying to do lives on it. Cause I don't have enough followers yet, but, uh, it's trying to get people. It, Rumble's a good place, but the problem with stuff like this and, uh, I got, I'm on truth. I'm on all this other stuff. It, it's trying to get the, people to move over from something from something else yes exactly it's like but it's there just in case yes <laughs> but well, my my podcast is more i have more stuff on audio only uh because yeah. uh that's where i just started doing the lives and stuff the videos because they're fun yeah i hear you and i i hate to say it ice man but we are out of time for the segment um <laughs> For uh, if you're listening on the audio feed, that means we're going to a music set. Uh, the video, of course, is coming to an end here shortly. But uh, if uh, if you could please uh, give yourself a plug, let the listeners know where they can find your podcast, plug your website, and, and listen to your content. Because I encourage the, the listeners once you're done with this video, go check out what Iceman's got here because it's great. And uh, I'm also trying to get affiliation with my Patriot cigars, but haven't heard anything yet. <laughs> oh, we'll talk before we get off after after we finish yeah. recording. Uh, I'm on all the uh, audio platforms: Spotify, iHeart, uh, you know, Apple, uh, Google, all all of that. Uh, we do live shows every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Vaughn. Uh, as many as i can try it on rumble also so you can if you want to watch a live show uh every wednesday at seven uh it's me and a couple of my buddies that are uh, some are still in law enforcement some aren't we take different uh law enforcement news stories bad cops good cops criminals and all that stuff and uh we talk about them completely uncensored uh unedited just raw uh there's no script and uh we just kind of have a good time on it we're, we're like we make fun of stuff we shouldn't but it's funny y'all come check us out all right well Iceman, hey i really appreciate your time and you know this ain't the last time we're doing this and one other thing one thing before we go to is uh 
you know, you, I could tell you are a true patriot. You love this country. And you, you said you're taking your oath and you take your oath seriously when it comes to defending the constitution and defending uh, people's rights. So with that said, I would like to invite you to the brotherhood of the bearded patriots. Do you accept? Yes. Yes, I do. All right. Welcome (laughs) aboard. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. All right. There you have the interview with the Iceman. Good man. We're going to definitely be speaking again. Coming up, we're going to the next music set. We have Marie, Marie Mazzotti, going to be followed by Forever Still, Chino XL, Another Lost Year, and BB Chung King and the Buddha Heads. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. When I was driving down I-95 the other night and somebody nearly cut me right off the road. I decided it wasn't going to do any good to get mad about it. So, wrote a song about him instead. And it goes like this. Were you born an asshole? Or did you work at it your whole life? Either way, it worked out fine. Cause you're an asshole tonight. Yes, you're an A-S-S-H-O-L-E And don't you try to blame it on me You deserve all the credit You're an asshole tonight You were an asshole yesterday And you're an asshole tonight I've got a feeling You'll be an asshole the rest of your life I was talking to your mother Just the other night I told her I thought you were an asshole She said, yes, I think you're right And all your friends are assholes Cause you've known them your whole life Somebody told me You've got an asshole for a wife Were you born an asshole Or did you work at it your whole life Either way it worked out fine Cause you're an asshole you're matched say hello hey yeah hello man how are you doing i'm good man what do you get into uh not much i'm actually sitting here right now i put a few rubber bands around my balls i have about six i've been adding one every two minutes and just seeing what i can handle what about you Yes, not quite my scene, but have a great day, guy. I know, but but why not? It's a, you know, be open-minded.
in trouble. Critical race theory, social justice indoctrination, and the sexualization of children have infiltrated our schools and libraries. Leftist organizations and causes are being funded with your tax dollars, and it's happening right here, right now, in Idaho. Our state is at risk of becoming another California. But one organization is working to fix that, save Idaho, and save America. The Idaho Freedom Foundation. For 13 years, the Idaho Freedom Foundation has been fighting for Idaho's future, our families, and our children. Exposing and defeating socialism and taking on the establishment. But now we need your help. Get involved. Learn more about the Idaho Freedom Foundation at IdahoFreedom.org. At some point, you're going to want to consider this. If a national emergency or a natural disaster or even civil unrest should occur, where would you go? Seriously, where? Heading into the sticks with some MREs in a tent might be all right for a week or two, but then what? And who's around you? Who can help you if you need it? And how long would you last without the security and comfort of your own home? If you've asked yourself these questions, consider X-Point, located in the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota, a limited number of military-grade hardened shelters originally built by the U.S. government, 80 feet long, 26 feet wide, 12 and a half foot ceilings that you can custom build out to your own tastes. X-Point, a nine square mile city of like-minded people who know the best way to deal with a disaster is to distance yourself from it. If you've always wanted a real bug-out bunker with the amenities of home, visit TerraVivos.com, T-E-R-R-A-V-I-V-O-S.com. X-Point. X marks your spot. Chaz Mitchell Custom Hats makes and sells custom hats with a Western influence. These hats are not cheesy, one size fits all, except they're not cowboy hat knockoffs. Chaz Mitchell will custom design and build a genuine hat just for you, the way you want it. Chaz will actually measure your head, talk with you about the hat you desire, make it, and deliver it to you. You'll make a statement every time you put on your hat. Originally from Jigs, Nevada, Chaz Mitchell grew up cowboy and alongside his father, Waddy Mitchell. They built their first hats together at a workshop in Elko, Nevada. Chaz recalls his father once telling him, make a hat he would be proud to wear. After years of practice and studying hats and their owners, Chaz knows what makes a good hat maker. It's understanding that a hat doesn't only fit the circumference of the head, but also the personality of the owner. 
Get in touch with Chaz today and he'll build you a hat you will be proud to wear. Visit Chaz Hats. That's C-H-A-Z-H-A-T-Z dot com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with We The People Holsters. If you own a handgun, then you know you need the perfect holster to go with it. We The People Holsters are made right here in the USA by gun nerds who are not afraid to support our Second Amendment. Whether you want Kydex or leather, We The People Holsters has just what you need. We The People Holsters is the preferred option of professionals throughout the law enforcement industry as well as those serving in the branches of the armed forces. Simply go to www.outlawradioabs.com, go to the store section, and click on the We The People Holsters banner to select the holster that's perfect for you. Don't wait. Get your holster from We The People Holsters today. ConcealedCarry.com is your source for firearm education and instruction, an online store of apparel and firearm accessories, and a media outlet for the firearm industry. ConcealedCarry.com offers training, news, information, and products that help and empower American gun owners to be citizens who are prepared and willing to protect the innocent from the criminals, predators, and terrorists that would feed on our communities. Concealed Carry Inc., the organization behind ConcealedCarry.com, has a team of instructors that teach in-person and online firearm training classes across the United States of America. In today's society, everyone is safer and better prepared by obtaining as much education, training, and knowledge as possible. Firearm training is a lifelong pursuit. Get armed with the knowledge you need as a firearms owner. Visit ConcealedCarry.com today. That's ConcealedCarry.com. ConcealedCarry.com. Proudly endorsed by the Bearded Patriots. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and Neutronics IGF-1, making men, men again. The songs you just heard, you just heard B.B. Chung King and the Buddha Heads with Showdown. Before that, another lost year with Home. Before that, Chino XL and Rama Duke with Under the Bridge. Not exactly a cover, but, well, maybe a little bit from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Before that, Forever Still with Scars. And starting off the whole set, yes, another cover. Marie Mazzotti, I can't pronounce it correctly, yes, with the I-95 song. I can't remember. I think it was David Allen Coe who... uh, did the original. All right, moving right along, it is time to turn it over to the icon, Stephen James with the Steve Solution. If you have any trouble voting, they have officials there at the election site to assist if you need assistance. That's what they're there for. They cannot tell you who to vote for, how to vote, whatever. That is against so many laws, it's not even funny. And if there's ever a whiff of that, I think every vote in a particular precinct could be nullified. And certainly the participant could find him or herself doing some jail time. This is the Steve Solution with Stephen James on Outlaw Radio. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Steve Solution. I, of course, am your host, the icon, Stephen James, joined by my co-founder here at AOW Productions, the bad boy, Bad Billy. What's up, buddy? What's going on, brother? Oh, just another fun-filled day in the life. So, Little Worm told me... Well, wait, wait, before our, our, wait oh, before sorry. we get started, let's not forget our affiliates. We have to get used to doing this, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, God damn. I forgot the Outlaw Radio part. Yeah. The, our affiliates uh, with Outlaw Radio and the Bearded Patriots, of course, uh, Mike Lindell's Pillow. Hey, you can uh, save up to 80 or get a discount of up to 80% now on your purchases. So now's the time. And those are great pillows. I was a customer long before we were a sponsor. As, as a matter of fact, as a sponsor, I still haven't even gotten my free my pillow yet. Doesn't matter because I've already got four on my bed and they're awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when you go to mypillow.com or mystore.com, either one run by Mike Lindell, be sure to use promo code OUTLAW. Uh, prepare yourself for the next unplanned emergency with My Patriot Supply. Yes, get yourself some food with a 25-year shelf life. Uh, it's going to be important, I think, to get a uh, water filtration system. So all that's there at My Patriot Supply. We the People holsters inside the waistband, outside the waistband, apparel, you name it, uh, some of the best right there. And um, I do have one, and it's fucking awesome. Tactical Brotherhood, um, Concealed Carry, and uh, Red Pill University, all links in the description of the video. So, anyway. These are all great companies, and you guys should definitely check them out. If nothing else, if you don't buy anything, click on the link just to you know throw us a couple of ducats. And one thing I will throw out there real quick, I'm trying to get us affiliation with My Patriot Cigars. Um, of course, if you like cigars. Wait, cigars? Yes. You said they- Cigars? I said cigars. I love cigars. And not only that, too, um, you know, I mean, they got a fine selection of some of the best cigars. And also, um, if you want to be kind to a veteran, you can bu- you can uh, put it in your name and buy a, buy a cigar for a veteran on deployment right now. So that is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So uh, we're we don't have affiliation yet, but uh, I, I'm I'm looking to get that. So well, when that happens, uh, you know, everybody listening, feel free uh, not only to buy me cigars, but before you do that, buy one for our veterans because mm-hmm. God damn it, those men have earned it, and, and the they, women too, and they love their cigars. Tell me, anybody that's ever worn a American flag on the side of their shirt loves a good cigar. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So I think a little birdie told you something rather disturbing, Stephen. Uh, disturbing. I, I'm going to try to make it funny somehow because that's what I do oh. here um, when I'm not ranting about something. But uh, somebody told me that our topic for tonight would be normalizing pedophilia. It's going to be tough to to find any humor in this but uh trust me i'll figure out something you know klaus schwab if he does you know he already looks like dr evil you know with his, with his bald head and his glasses hmm. 
Um, but but that that son of a one billion preteens. I mean, if it's bad enough by twenty thirteen, you will own nothing and you will be happy and you will eat the bugs. So I mean, some bugs can be kind of tasty. That son of a bitch recently said that pedophiles will help save humanity. Let me guess, by breeding younger women? Or actually, I should say girls? I'm thinking that that son of a bitch, being a corrupt piece of shit that he is, wants a future generation of corruption himself. He wants anyone he can control. Yeah, so him along with Bill Gates and Georgie Porgy Soros. Well, my, my point in you know reaching out to the pedophiles, and it's not necessarily just pedophiles. It's anybody that you know remembers the so-called good old days when you know you were twenty-eight years old and you married a fourteen-year-old. That was considered normal. Which is funny that people on the left are trying to normalize this now when they spent so long telling everyone that this was wrong, but this is where the money's coming from now. And anymore to the, the word pedophile. Yeah, there, now we got people saying it's like the N-word, and it's a hateful term. The proper term is MAP, minor attracted person. Well, first off, it is very much like the N-word. It is a hateful word because we hate these motherfucking people. Yeah. Period. Yes. Yeah. all there is. I'm sorry. Um, I, I hate pedophiles with extreme prejudice. Yes. I said extreme prejudice. These motherfuckers ruin lives for their own sexual satisfaction. They don't give a fuck. You know, there is an argument on their behalf that says, okay, you know, it's love. On one hand, I can almost agree with that. If, you know, you married a 13-year-old and spent the next 60 years of your life, or her life anyway, because you're going to fucking die. But, you know, if you marry a 13-year-old and you stay married to that, you know, person that was 13 for 50 years or whatever. Okay, I can... Well, I might... Maybe. But... Well, if if it's a person who's 18 or 19, I kind of... I I don't know because still, I mean, whereas 18 is legally an adult, mentally you're still a fucking kid. That's one of the things I agree with Trump on as far as, you know, raising... You know, the tobacco age to 21. I also think that should apply for voting and it should apply for military service. Yeah, yeah, especially, you know, <coughs> I, and, and not only that, too, uh, uh, you know, when it comes to buying guns, you know, you have to be 21 to buy a handgun of any kind, but 18 to purchase any rifle, which I don't uh, think 18 and a rifle. Applies. I, I think you should be twenty one. It should be twenty one across the board. And make it fair. Either make it eighteen across the board or twenty one across the board. Take your pick. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry if you're not old enough to take a legal drink. 
then you're not old enough to vote for anything either. You're not old enough to do anything except with the exception I agree is to drive a car and they put heavy restrictions on that. And raise the fucking insurance. Like a motherfucker. Well, yeah, because you got to think teenagers tend to have the heaviest feet on the gas pedal and don't always know what they're doing. Oh, got a text message. Ah! Yeah, I recently um, uh, my 17-year-old had uh, one of those experiences, so but we'll save that for another time because I can do a whole show on teens and driving. So let's just, <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do that next week. Yes. Uh, but normalizing pedophilia there. I'm sorry. I can make an exception for gays. I can make an exception for transgenders. I cannot make an exception for this period. Oh, I thought you were saying you can make an exception for gay and transgender and pedophilia. No. Okay. Just making sure. I was like, and, wait a minute. And uh, why, why is it okay to be gay and be a pedophile? It's not. And well, uh, no, the the way you worded it made me think that. You know who? Let's move on. You know, Stephen. Actually, you know who I've got to reach out to is that uh, group, Gays Against Groomers. I'd I'd definitely like to hear from them and hear what they have to say. That'd be a good. That would be interesting. Yes. You might also, you know, you were raised Catholic, so you might want to reach out to that boyhood priest. That could be good. I I was raised Baptist, asshole. (laughs) Oh, well, maybe that was me. (laughs) See, told you I could make it funny. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Klaus Schwab is just evil all the way around. He's pushing the new world order, pushing the digital currency, wants to control everything, take away private property, and now this. Well, fortunately, at least for digital currency, we're seeing the bottom fall out of that market, and thank God, because we all knew it was coming. And, you know, congratulations to everyone who made money in that shit, but we all knew the bottom was falling out. And of course, you got uh, Samuel Bakeman Freud or Fried or Freed or I don't I don't care whatever the hell his name is uh, that that little creep who's uh, laundering money and uh, we knew it. Hey, by the way, didn't didn't we say it? The Democrats would fucking post his bail, and he is out. Yeah, how about that? Then we've also got what's her name that you know told all the stories about the open relationships and orgies and all the other shit that went on in the condos and the Caymans or wherever. It's like, wow, who knew people that had, you know, no kind of, you know, morals. And of- just, and, and thinking of, you know, what happened here that I, you know, I was just speaking with Iceman about in the previous segment too. Iceman. Iceman. Yeah. He's a cop in Louisiana. Oh, I was kind of hoping for, you know, Val Kilmer, but okay. No, or Chuck Liddell, but no. Yeah, yeah, cop. I'm sorry, you know, I still have a beef with Chuck Liddell on that. There's only one nice man. (laughs) Who's the better pilot? But, uh, no, yeah, we, we were, we were talking about a little bit about this, um, you know, 
what happened no more than about uh, 30 miles from me was that uh, that one lady working at the daycare center who actually got the uh, alphabet soup group to come and protest on her behalf after they fired her because <laughs> she said she sits down with a little boy saying it doesn't matter if you were born with a penis deep down inside you are a girl yes you are a girl a kid about three years old and then you know and the, well, wait 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 then, then I, there was more I just found out about in that situation also made him wear wear a dress and didn't wouldn't let him to play with any other toys except for dolls. That being said, I've got a uh, nephew that I believe is around 20, maybe close to 21. Back when he was about that age, that boy loved wearing my daughter's tiaras and playing with her Barbie dolls. I'm lucky his dad is not a granddad about 10 times over. But, but he's he, doing he's that. He's a little hoax. He's doing that on his own free will. This person. That's was, my point. He, you know, we all assumed at that point in his life, I was like, oh shit, they, I mean, he's okay, he's going to be gay. That's fine. But we let nature take its course. And if he would have turned out to be gay, that's fine. He very obviously turned out not to be gay and. Now we're, you know, reminding him to use protection because he's too young to get a goddamn vasectomy. But, I mean, on, on the other, what what do you think for for that lady that did that to to that child? Tell him that he's a he's a girl. Drill that into his head, and then not, not allow him to play with any other toys except for dolls. I mean, I think. She, she only got fired. Now the LBGTQ alphabet soup group is coming on her behalf after the daycare center and all that shit. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I think there should be more. I think honestly, uh, that should have ended in prosecution, not just it should it should have, and it should have started with first off this mentally ill woman. If you were a normal teacher. And I'm not going to say, you know, push the kid into playing with trucks either. If the kid naturally gravitated playing with the dolls and the tiaras and the makeup, okay. Whatever. But when you start pushing an agenda, that's where there's a problem. I don't care what your agenda is. If you're right wing and you see a kid playing with a Barbie doll and he's a male and you go, God damn it, boy! Play with a truck, dude. You're wrong too. I mean, and I'm I'm not gonna say. I used to grab Barbie dolls and I used to bend their legs and to see how and far they would bend. And, sit, and my sister used to have a what they called a life size Barbie doll. It was about you know three and a half feet. Yeah, I won't tell you what I did to that thing. I I used to I used to break their legs, but <laughs> oh well, I was thirteen, so uh, no, I did other things. <laughs> but that being said, you let nature as an adult, you know, I told you the story about my nephew. 
we let nature take its course. We didn't, you know, whatever. That boy is, you know, again, is a prime example of a premature vasectomy needing to happen. Uh, but you supplied him with a good case, a uh, good supply of rubbers. I did. I just don't think he's smart enough to use them. Nice <laughs> <laughs> kid and all, but my, po my, my point is, though, you know, this kid, you know, 17 years ago or 15 years ago, somewhere in there, was literally in front of my daughter's makeup table with a tiara and putting on makeup while my daughter was playing with his trucks. My daughter is a heterosexual female. He is a heterosexual male. And, you know, she could have been a little three-year-old bull dyke if I pushed her to that. And he could have been a little, you know, three-year-old, you know, flame on. But no, we just let the kids be kids and let nature sort it out. And guess what? They're both fucking heterosexual. Oh, my God. Or can you imagine if that kid, uh, I was about to say if that kid was like, uh, I think, Pee Wee, not Pee Wee Herman, but uh, Pee Wee from uh, Porky's co coming to you, back to you with a condom saying, this one's too big. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, the condoms that I gave my nephew are not too big for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but no seriously pushing a kid in any way shape or form left right in between heterosexual gay bisexual do not ever kids are going to be kids they don't know what the fuck they are until really puberty the argument that the seven-year-old, oh, no, he wants to be a girl. Bullshit. No, he doesn't. Fuck off. You're lying. You're pushing an agenda on your child, and I, you should have your child taken away from you, period. I mean, about, about the, you know, when it comes to kids, too, they're not smart enough to hold their farts in front of everybody. They're going to let it rip wherever they're at. Well, I'd do that, too. But. I mean, yeah, but stop. Still, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, there's, there's. Well, I'm an old, I'm an old man, and I don't care. I mean, but there is an appropriate time not to fart. You know, the kids are not are not going to know that. They're they're just going to let it go. I mean, they're they're old enough to where they know how to use the toilet, so we're we're at the potty training stage. But if they got to fart, they're going to fart. Oh yeah. So you know, so that's why it's like don't go trying to tell them hold your damn farts, don't fart in public. You know. Don't fart at the dinner table. It's it, it's no good doing that, you know, trying to ram that down their throat at such an early age. But it's acceptable to tell them that they're girls and they and it's acceptable. They can at five years old, they can consent to a sex change operation. Now, that, in my opinion, and it should be the Supreme Court's opinion, that that is simply child abuse yeah exactly no doctor i i think i'm a girl can you cut off my pee pee i mean to be fair and it works both ways if you have a child that is you know let's say he's a little more effeminate like my nephew was 
to try to push him. No, no, you play with trucks. You girls are pretty. I don't agree with that either. Leave the damn kid alone. At least until at least uh, one year after puberty starts, because that kid doesn't know shit. And see, and these things change all the time too, Stephen. We know, like uh, even when I grow up, I want to be a fireman. Then there you uh, go. That's a great example. And then a year later, I want to be an astronaut. God damn it! Yeah. So so they're going to change their. They're going to make those decisions. Like like for me, when I was fifteen, you know, I was I wanted to study biology because I was I was. Uh, studying in the endangered species and all that and whatever. And then that was, it was, I just found out later it was a phase that I just went through, you know, want, wanting to be a, uh, a naturalist, environmentalist, whatever, work in the national park. That was just a phase because I lost interest about a year and a half later. Yeah. And that's the same with almost any child. I mean, you get those kids that you see like, you know, that I've been into computers since I was old enough to, you know, disassemble one and they go on to be Bill Gates or whatever. And see, that's just the thing too. I never said that uh, I wanted to go into radio when I was a kid, but I was always playing with records and tapes and recording and microphones. I was always playing with that stuff. So, you know, I mean, and then later on, after you know, I discovered my telespace and all that, and then the podcasting began. That's when I knew what I what I wanted to do, pretty much. So, yeah, in my in my case, actually, uh, when I was knee high to a grasshopper, I actually truly believed I was going to be Elvis, not like Elvis. I was going to be Elvis. I remember at one point picking leaves off of a bush in uh, my apartment complex and hanging out by the pool and handing out these leaves and saying, this is your ticket. Come on by. I'm going to you know, do a concert. Mm-hmm. Turns out, by the way, I can't sing. Just, you know, throwing that out there. But I truly believe that. And did you even how, try how, to how, with accent? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I did my best to, you know, do the whole impersonation. But by the point, at, you know, Six years old, that was what I believed. That was my destiny. That's what I was going to do. I was not going to be like. I was going to be Elvis. By the way, by 12 years old? No. Uh, No, just no. I couldn't even envision speaking in front of people. Obviously, that has changed. I'm out here speaking in front of thousands of people. But pushing any kind of agenda and which thank God my parents didn't. They're just like, okay, you know, let the kid be a little weirdo for a minute, but, uh, you know, he'll find his ground, which I did. You can't push an agenda on little kids you can't. because you will fuck them up. And by the way, all you need to do is look at the cast of the first seasons of, uh, what was that reality show? Um, beauty pe- dance moms. Dance. Those moms. kids are all fucked up. All of them. 
I never watched it. I know. I, never I don't either. I just know that it existed. And I know that they show up in the fucking TMZ feed all the damn time because they're fucked up. By the way, uh, what was your opinion, if you even have one, when Cuties came out on Netflix? Uh, you know, I never watched it because, you know, it didn't pique my interest. I did see and read a few articles about it. So I can't really give, you know, a super informed opinion whether or not they were sexualizing young girls or not. I do know that there was the point of it, or at least the point of the articles that I read. So I can't really give an informed opinion on it because what I read about the portrayal of them, it unnerved me enough that I did not want to watch the movie. As Jericho Green said, I because I didn't watch any of it either. Jericho Green said, if you're a sane person, it makes you feel dirty just for taking a glance. That seems about right from what I read. But again, I never I watched mean, it. So if these girls are twerking, you realize how much time it takes to rehearse for that shit? You got a master? What? They're teaching these kids. He's fucking. Oh, I don't even have any fucking words, Steven. I mean, quite frankly, I'm not on TikTok, but I could imagine if you grabbed your phone right now and open TikTok and put in, you know, 12 year old twerking, you'd probably find about 8,000 videos because that's what they are trying to do. They are trying to sexualize pedophilia. And when I say pedophilia, I'm not even trying to say they're trying to sexualize young boys. They are companies like TikTok and things like that are trying to sexualize young girls. That's what I'm saying right there. I think you meant normalize pedophilia by sexualizing our fucking kids. But it's not just kids. They're not trying to portray a 12-year-old boy in a sexual light, so far as I know. But they are trying to sexualize young girls. And I don't know why that is. And I'm but not, I do know it's sick. And I am not. And I'm, I fucking mean it. I am not going to accept pedophilia as a sexual preference. Gay, lesbian, straight, that's a sexual preference. Pedophilia and that's actually where I draw the line is, you know, gay by straight, whatever. We leave it right there. That's it. And I I understand. Kids and animals, no. Because they're they're trying to. Well, I'd probably be willing to accept the animals if they could figure out a way to consent. I don't, um, you know, bark once yes for no, or bark you once for yes and twice for no. I mean, what seriously? If you want, I don't want to see. I I wish they weren't normal in Tijuana, the fucking donkey shows. They shouldn't be normal there, but they want to bring it here. That's uh, that shit is disgusting. I don't know. I couldn't find it when I was there. Why would you look? <laughs> I was 19 years old. I was interested in seeing it because why wouldn't you be at 19 years old? 
We couldn't find it, though. <laughs> well, that being said, at 42 years old, if I could tell my 19-year-old self, because, you know, I've had the internet and everything since then, don't, please, don't ever, you'll be disturbed. Yeah. And I also know my 19-year-old me even go, fuck you, old man. <laughs> but either way, we, we didn't find it. Yeah. No. But what is the rush in society? And again, I truly believe it's only as far as girls. We're not sexualizing any young boy under the age of, I would say, 16, you know, because you look at, like, your K-pop bands um, and shit uh, like that. Unless you're a member of NAMBLA, which still, I well, go that's back. that's a whole other subject. But so I go back to that uh, to that to that movie Chicken Hawk, and uh, that was before the Alphabet Soup group when it was uh, Glad G L A A D or whatever. And it was uh, just Glad. Yeah. And actually, by the way, Glad still exists. Yes. You know, and I mean the the gay community they they dressed a bit more appropriately. They weren't in studded leather with their butt cheeks hanging out and all that. And well, with, some more. And 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 when Nambla came along, they were like, "Oh fuck, you guys get the fuck out of here." That's actually one of the things I like about Glad. And honestly, I'm a pretty big supporter of the gay community. I don't have a problem with gay marriage. No, I I don't either. I mean, I was I don't know. I used to be all like uh, marriages for a man for between a man and a woman. Then it came to the point where it was it was to where I did not uh, su neither support nor oppose gay marriage because I knew it was a distraction from the real deal. It's basically, like I said on uh, Radix Verum's show, uh, the whole debate on gay marriage became to the point of you go into a cafe, there's one person who who supports it, there's another person who opposes it, then comes in. Um, some guy wielding a machete going, I'm going to kill the next motherfucker that comes in here. Which one out of the three, which one gets ignored? Hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because we, we put, as a society, we paid too much attention to whether opposing or supporting it when there were bigger fish to fry. So it came to the point where I just didn't care. People who want to be together are going to be together. Let them be together. Let them get married. I don't give a shit. I don't either. My whole point is when it comes to a consenting adult, as long as whatever you're doing is with another consenting adult, I don't give a fuck. Technically speaking, the relationship that I'm in is in, you know, alphabet soup relationship, <laughs> which well, I, I, I don't believe I've discussed on the show, but I will. I'm in a three-way three relationship with two women. You're basically, you're almost a plague. Almost. Yeah. But... but Again, you know, 
we're not forcing our agenda on anybody. We're not, you know, saying, hey, you have to accept us, God damn it, or we'll fucking kill you. And, no. and you're not pressing it on children. No, I mean, our children are aware of it. That's the extent of it. Period. It's not even something that comes up in day-to-day conversation. You know, be who you are as long as, again, it's with consenting adults. You don't need to push your agenda. Nobody fucking cares. I guarantee you 90% of our audience, probably 98% of our audience, does not care about the relationship that I am, that I'm in. So why, as a country, are, you know, is anybody focusing on sexualizing any person under the age of 18? You know, I, I, I don't know why. And even Klaus Schwab is the head of the World Economic Forum. What does it, what does pedophilia, the one of the most disgusting, the most disgusting act on this fucking earth, have to do with economics? Uh, nothing. Well, nothing. That's not true. Joe Biden and Bill Clinton are, you know, and possibly Donald Trump are, you know, pedophiles. Uh, they've been on Jeffrey Epstein's island, so. You know, there's where you may want to normalize it because the more you normalize it, the people in power that are freaks. You get where I'm going here? I don't, yeah, I don't want to go any further. We're out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> but <sighs> this was, I know this was a bit of a rough conversation, but just some Look, things I had. It's to very simple. Oh, okay, hold on. It's very simple. For everybody listening out here, there's two options. If you want to fuck kids, you have to kill yourself. Period. Just you know, just do it. Yep. If you do not want to fuck kids, you're fine. But if you want to fuck kids, seriously. I don't care how it affects anybody else in your life. Kill yourself and be done with it. And let's let society, you know, work around that. All right. But anyway, uh, if you have something to say to Stephen, the number is 732. Yo, bitch. All right. We are out of here. And that's going to do it for this edition of Outlaw Radio. On tap for next week, I should be speaking with um, Mark Thielman. If you remember, I had him on before uh, talking about lawsuits that he's filing in the state of Oregon, but uh, he's also head of uh, Battleground Oregon, and we're going to talk about that organization. Uh, Other guests are yet to be determined. Going to end the show with Muzzy Braun and his track, Idaho. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, and I shall be back next week. 
Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio. Old Bruce Coburn song, Stanley Idaho. Cowboys up and down the dusty street Are looking for their friends, been out all week Well, you sip a little whiskey and you dance a little bit Why don't you step out on the porch and take it in you're in a band or maybe you run a radio show or podcast whatever you do you want to market your brand with custom made apparel look no further than fresh baked tees t-shirts hoodies tank tops caps beanies koozies banners and even masks you can get them all custom made from fresh baked tees prices are reasonable and negotiable Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. Support. 
support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of outlawradioabs.com. Show the world how much you love Outlaw Radio with Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better. Get the best night's sleep in the whole wide world and more with my pillow, pillows, and other products. Are you and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency? Visit My Patriot Supply and purchase buckets of food with a 25-year shelf life. Check out We the People holsters, made in America by gun nerds who are not afraid to support and stand up for their Second Amendment rights. The Tactical Brotherhood is veteran-owned, and the gear and other products they sell are all American-made. A portion of your purchases go to support organizations for veterans. At ConcealedCarry.com, find news, get firearm instruction, and buy accessories and apparel. Visit OutlawRadioABS.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. We are proudly sponsored by One of a Kind Art 43, created by professional artist Tammy Blackman. Tammy offers free consultations and will customize your art piece to fit your needs. Each of her pieces are, as the name suggests, is one of a kind because each are personalized pieces and once she is done, there will never be another. If you are interested, go visit Tammy on her social media pages, Facebook and TikTok by searching One of a Kind Art 43, where Tammy broadcasts her work and she's making custom tumblers or canvas art for another satisfied customer. You can always reach out to Tammy through her email at oneofakindart43 at gmail.com or call 409-234-5156. Although the prices vary, the quality is unmatched. Again, her social media pages are one of a kind with underscores between each word, followed by the word art and the number 43. Thank you again, Tammy, for another presence on this show. Pancakes. Hot, fluffy, delicious pancakes smothered in butter and warm maple syrup. Growing up in foster care, Terrence Williams always dreamed about big family gatherings around the breakfast table with Grandma in the kitchen, cooking up a big family breakfast. As a kid, he could almost smell that intoxicating aroma of those delicious hot and fluffy pancakes. As an adult, he has cultivated his love for cooking and his passion for food into his line of Cousin T's pancake mixes. I'm talking gourmet pancakes here. Go to CousinTees.com. Browse all the pancake choices, including buttermilk, apple cinnamon, blueberry, and various limited edition pancake mixes. Show the world how much you love Cousin T's pancakes with Cousin T's apparel and drinkware. Go to CousinTees.com. C-O-U-S-I-N-T-S.com. Cousin T's, y'all, the best pancakes you have ever had. You can't count for these pancakes. Get yours today. Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy, the one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too, no matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. (laughs) 
listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at OutlawRadioABS.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Oh, <laughs> 